previously on Forever and a Day. Old friend? Yeah, right. I don't buy that for a second. I know there's something up with this Steven guy. I let Stephanie get away from me, but I won't let the same thing happen when it comes to Melanie. She must think that you're in love with her daughter, which means she must have had cause to believe such a thing. Is there something you want to ask me, Les? Damn right there is. Have you and Emma ever been in a relationship before? Uh, I... You just be very careful with what you're about to say to me. Dr. Becker, what's going on? Where's my daughter? Where is she? Listen, I, I, I want you all to know that, that Emma has had a postpartum hemorrhage that has become severe. She has to go to the OR immediately to repair some damage that has been done. What kind of damage? There was some internal bleeding, among other things. We're doing all we can. So far, no more complications. Patient is doing well, and I'm almost done. We'll keep her here for a few days for supervision, but I'm very confident that she'll make a full recovery. Doctor? Yes? There's something wrong. What do you mean? I'm trying to close. Speak now or forever hold your peace. Her heart rate, it's... Come on, Emma, come on! You're not gonna die on me now. You're not! Come on! And now, the continuing story of Forever and a Day, narrated by KCS Hutchison. At Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Colin is sitting in a chair. He is staring straight on, not moving a muscle, except for his right leg that keeps bouncing up and down. Code blue, code blue, code blue. Upon hearing the code blue being announced over and over again in his mind, a tear streams down Colin's left cheek. Suddenly, he feels a tap on his shoulder. Colin jumps out of the chair and turns around. Oh, Colin, honey, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. Uh, no, no, it's fine. You're fine, Lucinda. Colin, it's nine o'clock in the morning. I think that I should maybe call you an Uber or something. You should go home and take a shower. You've been here since well, all I... night. Exactly. However, much like you, I, I can't seem to, I can't seem to leave this place. And if I leave the hospital, I feel, well, I feel like I'm leaving Emma behind. I feel like she might think that I abandoned her or. Oh. No, Colin, she would never think that. Look, uh, why don't you go see Connor in the nursery? <laughs> and how about you go home? You can take a nap. You can eat something that doesn't cost 50 cents out of a vending machine. I will update you as soon as Emmy wakes up. <laughs> I'm, I'm losing hope, Lucinda. Don't. Don't you dare. They stabilized her. She's alive. She's good. <laughs> and she will always pull through. Yes. Yes, you're right. 
our Emma is one hell of a fighter. Damn right she is. Lucinda leans in and hugs Colin. At the Tasty Bean Cafe in the main area, Elaine is sitting at a booth eating a croissant and drinking a cup of hot green tea. As she takes a small bite from her croissant, she quickly looks around and retrieves her bottle of painkillers from her purse. She then opens up the bottle and retrieves a pill. Damn it. My last one. Damn it. All right. Well, guess I'll just have to save it. Elaine puts the pill back in the bottle, closes up the pill bottle, and puts it back into her purse. She then retrieves her flask, opens it up rather quickly, and then she hurriedly pours some vodka into her teacup. As she puts the flask back into her purse and takes a sip of her spiked tea, Melanie suddenly walks up to her. Hey, Lainey. Oh, hey. Please, sit down. Melanie sits down across from Elaine. I'm so glad we could do this. It's been ages we able to get together. Yes, it sure has been. Melanie, taken aback by something, leans back in the booth. A curious Elaine cocks her eyebrow. Mel, are you okay? <laughs> what's what's going on? What do you mean? Well, you seem I don't know, very off. What's what's up? Well, um, Elaine, forgive <laughs> me for asking this, but do I smell alcohol on your breath? At the Bay Ridge Hotel in room 221, Miranda is standing over by the desk putting on a pair of diamond earrings. Seconds later, Andrew, shirtless with a towel wrapped around his waist, enters the room. I wish you would have tried out that shower with me. It's fantastic. Sorry, Andrew. I totally forgot that I have a follow-up appointment at the hospital that I have to get to. I don't even have time to brush my hair. Don't. What? Don't brush it. I kind of like your hair like that. It's a uh, a big reminder of last night. <laughs> Don't flatter yourself too much. Yes, that thing you did with your tongue was quite impressive. But I just want you to know that this can never happen. I'm confident that it will happen again. My goodness, you are just something else. Look. You gotta go. I know. Miranda collects her things and goes to the door. I'll call you. Miranda then smiles and exits the room. At Danielle's loft in the living room, JJ is sitting on the couch texting on his cell phone. Danielle then enters the room and goes to him. I thought you had to work today. It's my day off. Nice. By the way, I heard you got employee of the month. I'm very proud of you. Thanks. Sure. Hey, did you hear what mom did last night? She went to this amusement park and rolled this huge roller coaster. She also ate a bunch of cotton candy. Cool. And then she went to Las Vegas and eloped with an alien. What? Danielle, have you gone crazy? No, you dummy. I've been trying to get your nose out of that phone. Sorry, I guess I've been a little preoccupied. A little? Uh, anytime I see you now, you're always doing something that involves your phone. What's going on in your life anyway? Who's texting you this much? 
Trust me, you don't want to know. Aha, okay, okay, it all makes sense now. You're texting a guy. Yes, I am, but that is all you need to know. Look, I'm not going to hate on you. I'm proud of you for finally exploring what this town has to offer. <laughs> See, I don't think you'd be saying that if you knew who I was seeing. <laughs> oh, really? Yes, we met at the speed dating thing at Prodigy. Okay, so who is this mystery man? You really want to know? Yes, I do. Even though you might lose it? Oh, come on, just tell me. It's Antoine Jeffries. Say what? You have got to be kidding me. Look, I'm sorry, but you can't see him anymore. Back at the Bay Ridge Hotel in the joint office, Leslie is sitting at her desk, scrolling through her business email on her iPad. Come in. Leslie looks up and stands as Alex enters the room. Alex. Hey. What are you doing here? I thought you were going to be busy all day with that rich couple's divorce. My team has it more than covered. Okay. Good. Is there something more going on? Did Aiden's nanny text you with any updates? Nothing new. Okay. Well, I have a lot of work to do here, so I'll see you at home later tonight. Love you. What? Um, were you expecting something more? Yeah, kinda. Well, I'm at work. I'm trying to dodge my Uncle Gregory. I'm trying to make sure I get hourly updates about our sick son. As you can see, I have a lot to do. What happened between us last night does not change my busy schedule. I don't know how you can be mad at me. I told you the truth, Leslie. No, you didn't I... tell me the truth, Alex. You skipped over the question I asked you and you went to bed. So that's it, isn't it? I just have to tell you if I've ever been in a relationship with Emma and then everything will go back to normal? Ugh. You are unbearable right now. I'm beginning to wonder who I married. Whoa. Don't all of a sudden get defensive on me. Don't you dare. You're the one who keeps on making things so complicated for us. Alex, we have been married for three months now. I thought we moved way past the Emma stuff. I- Leslie, I'm not gonna let you stand here and attack me like this. I'm not attacking you. I'm asking for transparency in my damn marriage. I deserve that. Our son deserves that. Our bond with one another deserves that. Come on, Alex, just tell me the truth. Fine, have it your way. It was never a relationship. It was just sex. What? Yeah, that's right. I've slept with Emma before. When? When did you sleep with her? And was I ever going to find out about it? Back at Memorial Hospital on the 10th floor, Miranda walks up to the reception check-in desk. Hi, Shirley. I'm here for my appointment with Avery. The receptionist smiles and begins typing on the computer in order to check Miranda in for her appointment. As Miranda lets out a deep breath, Jonah suddenly walks up to her. Hey. Jonah. Uh, hi. What are you doing here? Is everything okay? Yeah, I'm here for you. What do you mean? Well, I was concerned when you didn't come home last night. So I thought I would see if you'd show up to the hospital for your follow-up appointment. Okay, I'm not understanding you. You were at the house last night? Yes, I had a romantic evening planned for the both of us. Jonah, I'm sorry. Not a problem. I'm curious as to why you didn't show, though. Oh, I just got caught up at work. I ended up sleeping at the office. No, you didn't, Miranda. 
I called Tracy at the office. She hasn't seen you since yesterday. And she said that you two were the last ones out. And she was the first one to arrive this morning. Slow down, Jonah. You have no right to keep tabs on me. I'm just a concerned hu- Ex-husband. That's what you are. I need you to know your place in my life. And not that it's any business of yours, but I stayed with a man last night. I'm just going to leave it at that. Oh, and you can leave the hospital. I don't need you here for my follow-up. Miranda walks off. Back at the Bay Ridge Hotel in the joint office, Leslie brushes past Alex, crossing to the other side of the room. I can't believe you. Les. Damn it. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have blurted it out like that. If it makes you feel better, we were not together. It happened while you and Colin were still with one another. I can't believe that either. What? I can't believe what you're saying right now. I can't find the truth in any of this. The trail of lies continues. Emma has been in town for all these months. I have given you countless opportunities to come clean about the past that you two have, from defending her family in court, to being college friends, to sleeping together. I don't know what the hell is real anymore. My love for you is real. Is it? Or has that been a lie this entire time too? I would never lie about my feelings for you. Alex, you have made me look like a fool here. You know, when I was with Colin, I still felt something for you. I knew that I always would because of Aiden, but you became this deadbeat dad who was obsessed with his career. You tossed me and Aiden aside. I had no choice but to move on with my life. Yet, <laughs> you promised Aiden that you would change and you did. You also won me back in the process. Then you showed up on my wedding day to Colin and you took me down memory lane. Then you whisked me away out of the church. I knew the whole time that I was shattering a man's heart, but I was also doing what was right for Aiden and my feelings for you. What are you saying, Les? I'm saying that maybe, just maybe, that was a mistake. If I had known that it would lead to all of this, then I would have stayed at that church. I would have walked down the aisle to Colin. I would have kissed him. I wouldn't have started a life with him. Yet I came back to you. We can still find our way back to one another. This doesn't change a thing. It changes everything. I don't think I know you anymore. I don't think I want to be with you anymore or at least be with you right now. I don't know if you're telling me the truth. I don't even know if the man standing in front of me cheated on me or if you really did just leave it at a one-nighter. I promised you that it was just a one-night stand. I, I promised you that nothing else happened. We both know that you can't make that promise to me. It's the truth. I don't care. I don't care. I really don't. All I care about right now is trying to get through this day. Alex, I think that when I come home, you shouldn't be there. How can you say that? I need some time. I need some time to think things over. And you need to go pack a bag. I need for you to do that right now. Right now. 
Back at Danielle's loft in the living room, Danielle sits next to JJ on the couch. Seriously? You're giving me orders right now about my love life? You're my brother. I love you. I just want to make sure you're careful with your heart. I know for a fact that Antoine is a snake. You only hate him because he works for the magnifier. Seriously? You're giving me orders right now about my love life. You're my brother, and I love you. I just want to make sure that you're careful with your heart. I know for a fact that Antoine is a snake. You only hate him because he works for the magnifier. And he manages their social media platform after being an assistant for years. He's not so special. Sis, you've got to stop living in the past. You have always been mad at the magnifier for not hiring you all those years ago. Well, look at me now. I so do not need them. But listen, you have got to learn to let go of these old grudges. Because whether you like it or not, sis, I'm going to keep on seeing Antoine. In fact, our first official date is just around the corner. Fine. If you want me to step aside, I will. But don't be surprised when you see his true colors. Back at Memorial Hospital on the fifth floor, Colin and Lucinda walk back over to the waiting area that is near the nurse's station. My mom, dad, and Caitlin will be back here soon, so I just hope that I can give them a good update. Me too! My mom even said that she'll maybe bring my Aunt Melanie with her. That way the whole family can be together and send some love to Emma. Oh, good. By the way, Colin, I have never gotten the chance to properly thank you. Thank me for what? For sticking by my Emmy. I was not someone who was made aware of Emmy's new life out here for quite a while. Yet when I was, and when I came here to this town, I was shocked to learn of how she was being treated. I was also shocked to learn how much you were caring for her as she tried to navigate your family. I love her. I know you do. There are not too many men in this world like you, Colin. And I wouldn't want my daughter with anyone else. I really mean that. Oh, thank you, Lucinda. As Colin takes a sip of his coffee, Callum walks up to Colin and Lucinda. Oh, Dr. Becker. Well, hello, you two. Well, how is she? Um, how is Emma? Well, I'm happy to inform you both that she has woken up. <gasps> what? What? That's amazing. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank you. Colin and Lucinda embrace. If the two of you would like, you can see her now. Well, I, I would love nothing more. Same here. But, but Colin, why don't you go first? Are you sure, Lucinda? Yes. Go see the mother of your child. Colin smiles and then rushes off to Emma's room. Lucinda then wipes away a tear. Are, are you all right, Miss Prescott? Oh, yes. These are happy tears. <laughs> Very happy tears. Thank you for saving my daughter. <laughs> Well, I was just doing my job. You did a hell of a lot more than that. You are an amazing doctor. 
Still at Memorial Hospital in Emma's hospital room, Colin enters the room and goes to Emma. Emma looks over at him, smiles, and slowly sits up. Hi, darling. Oh, I'm so glad that you came back to us. Colin kneels by Emma's bedside and grabs her hands. He holds them tightly. It's good to be back. How's our baby? Oh, Connor's doing so good. He can even come home tomorrow. Good. That's wonderful. To our new home. New home? What do you mean? I bought us a house. A new house. It was supposed to be a surprise the day after you gave birth, but because of what has happened, I've just had to keep it all bottled up. I, I can't believe you, you bought us a home. <sighs> I would do anything for you. I love you. I love you, too. Colin leans in and kisses Emma passionately. Back at the Tasty Bean Cafe in the main area, Elaine begins to collect her things. Elaine, where are you going? Well, I... I need to get back to the hospital. Right now. To meet up with the family. Are you really not going to answer my question? I am not going to entertain your false accusation. For someone who's saying it's a false accusation, you sure as hell are getting awfully defensive. That's because I'm in a public place, and my sister just accused me of drinking after almost 30 years of being sober. Lenny, there's no need to get defensive. And you need to stop before you make a scene. I'm not making a scene here. That is why I am keeping my voice down. I am asking you a simple question. Lane, your addiction started in high school. My addiction doesn't exist anymore. I don't have one. I can smell it on your breath. And you're taking painkillers for your wrist. So I certainly hope you haven't been mixing them. You listen to me. And you listen good. I have not had a drop of alcohol in decades. And I am taking my painkillers very responsibly. that true? Yes. Elaine grabs her purse and stands. So what if you're lying to me? I'm not. So back off. Melanie then grabs her purse and stands as well. Lane, please, sit down, please. I don't want to cause a scene, but I will if it gets you to sit down. Just leave me alone. I can't do that. Why not? Because you're my sister and I love you. I know. I know you do. I, I love you too. Yet, you need to understand what the word boundary means. If you are drinking, then you need to tell me. Now. Now. We can fight this. Lainey, we did this before. I've struggled with alcohol twice in my life. Once during my teen years, and the second time came after you left and I had my miscarriage. Since then, I have been just fine. So I'm warning you. 
Stay out of stuff that you know nothing about. Elaine walks off, and just then, Antoine, who enters the establishment coming from the patio, spots a very melancholy Melanie as she sits back down in the booth. Antoine then goes to Melanie. Melanie? Yes? What just happened? Oh, that's nothing. Excuse me, I have to go. Uh, no, I, I think you should sit down. Melanie stands back up from the booth. No, I have to go. Goodbye, Anthony. Melanie? It, it's Antoine. Oh, yeah. I, kn I know that, a a Antoine. Melanie then walks off but stops at the door. A curious Antoine goes to her. Melanie slowly turns around and looks at Antoine, but suddenly she collapses to the floor and Antoine rushes to her side. Mel. Mel? Oh, oh my God, someone called 911. 